0: Hello and welcome to Watkins Wise Words, a podcast that celebrates conscious, passionate, wise and happy living. Thank you for tuning in and here is your host.
1: So hello and welcome. My name is Steve Nabell and today I'm speaking with Dr. Penny Sartori and Kelly Walsh on their book, The Transformative Power of Near-Death Experiences. Now Penny Sartori was a, is an expert in near-death experience, having been in, in an intensive care nurse for 17 years and having undertaken the UK's first long-term prospective study on them, for, what, for which she was awarded a PhD. She wrote the bestseller The Wisdom of Near-Death Experiences in 2014, which was serialised in the Daily Mail, and also wrote What is a Near-Death Experience? She lectures around the world and current, currently teaches it at Swansea University. Now, Kelly Walsh is the founder of Positivity Power Movement and Love Care Share Charitable Foundation. Her life's work has been inspired by a near-death experience she had in 2009 following a suicide attempt. As we know, because she's here, she survived and her near-death experience completely changed her life and inspired her life direction. She's the founder of Positivity Power Movement, which aims at uniting humanity through a simple message of love, care and share. And this book, The Transformative Power of Near-Death Experiences, in, is aimed ex- in expir- inspiring people from all walks of life to the transformative power and message of near-death experiences. And this book contains a number of stories from ordinary people who have had some extraordinary experiences. And this book will be published in November 2017, and royalties from the book will help raise funds for positive, to make a positive difference in children's lives. So uh, welcome Penny and Kelly.
0: Hi, Hi Steve. Thanks Steve. Hiya. <laughs> so,
1: You've got, um, it's an amazing book full of stories. So I just want to ask um, you, Kelly, first. Mm -hmm. Your life's work was triggered by a near-death experience. Can you say something about that and how this experience changed your life?
0: Okay, well, well, the the inspiration really for the book was that when I had my near-death experience in 2009, when I came around from the experience, my arms were across my chest. So they were, you know, crossed over my chest. Mm. And I opened my arms in slow motion, a bit like an awakening to some degree. And um, at the time, my ex-mother-in-law was there, who I'm still very close with today. And I proclaimed that I'd met God and angels. Yeah. Um, the following evening, um, from the experience, I got a really strong, like a vision. Um, and I shouted out that like-minded souls would collaborate to change the world. Now, um, Obviously, at the time, I wasn't taken seriously. I was on a, a psychiatric ward following my uh, suicide attempt. Mm. Um, but those words never left me um and you know don't get wrong like a lot of people have had a near-death experience i um, walked out of hospital a week later fully healed physically by divine love um but um, i then suppressed the experience for a couple of years didn't speak about it sort of buried it um for want of a better word um but divinity had other plans and uh, a sequence of Con, you know I kept, uh, sequence events have continued to happen where it got to the point that i thought i need to speak to someone about this um because the words like-minded souls they were with me constantly and and, and i was like even though after, after like i said i buried it for a couple of years when it was always there and a, a number of events happened and then i reached out i thought i just need to find somebody and i looked online um stumbled or as i'd say divinely guided to, to penny yeah uh, and I sent her literally. It was two lines. It was a very short um, something like, "Hi Pen, um, my life's work. You know what I'm doing has been inspired by a near-death experience I had. I'd love to speak to, to speak to you." Um, and Pen at the time was heavily pregnant uh, with baby Sol. Um, and she was literally ready to drop. You know, it's she was and she'd made a decision that she wasn't responding to emails because she was now on maternity leave. Yeah. Um, she said and you know she'll she'll tell you herself that she intuitively felt that she needed to to connect with me um, and we ended up skyping the following day yeah. um, and for me it was so I remember it, it was so cathartic because for the first time I had someone to you know as I described during my near-death experience I traveled through what I described seven bump mm. um, and that, you know, once I got to the other side, and, um, you know, I heard a voice in this void that said I had important work to carry out. I had a message a mission. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to Penn, I know it sounds crazy, but this is what was said. And, and it was, as I say, really cathartic because Penn was explaining that, no, it doesn't sound crazy. It's actually quite a common theme of people who've had a near-death experience. So mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, and again, when I was traveling through these seven, um, what I now refer to as dimensions, my life was like downloaded in sort of supersonic speed mm. um, and again you know you know i was explaining this to pen and then she referenced points you know and said to me well, that would have been your life review um yeah. so yeah for me it was a big turning point i um, because i finally thought wow you know someone could help me to understand what i'd experienced um so i think i'll pass over to pen now and she can put her
1: Sometimes. Yeah, so so, Penny, you've really researched loads of these um, near-death experiences. What drew you to study them, and what's your kind of main kind of findings from it?
2: Well, the reason I I did my study, I used to work in intensive care as a nurse, and quite early on in my career, I was looking after a man who was dying, and he had a very prolonged and suffering death. And it really upset me greatly and it made me question everything you know what's life all about what's death all about and you know how is is death that bad that we have to put patients through this trauma at the end of their life and so I started reading about death and then I came across near-death experiences and it just kind of gave me a completely different perspective you know and um, I think because my nurse training was really scientific at first I was a little bit sceptical, and I thought, well, I'm sure we could explain this by perhaps the the neurological processes that are going on. But the more I read about these experiences, the more curious Mm. I became. And I just thought, well, I'm working in a perfect place to research these. Mm. And so I decided that I'd undertake my own research project. And by a series of little synchronicities, it just kind of happened and um, I gathered the data for five years and then it took me a further three years to write up and analyse the data and uh, what I found is that yes people do have near-death experiences Mm. and they have a profound effect on people's lives Mm. but we can't explain them in terms of the current arguments that are out there. So a lot of people would say it's due to the drugs that we give, it's due to lack of oxygen, it's due to high levels of carbon dioxide. And those were the sort of things that I looked at with my research, but I found that we I couldn't adequately explain the near-death experience. Mm. And then what I found with the, what the people were reporting was, was, you know, they followed that sort of pattern where some would have the out-of-body experience and they would look down on... emergency situation from above and that would be the end of their experience but some would go through a tunnel or towards um, a bright light sometimes they would meet dead relatives or friends and that was the most common thing in my research it was the meeting the dead relatives or friends who had gone before them right and in fact when they (coughs) the relatives they were actually quite angry as if to say what are you doing here you shouldn't be here get back down there And, uh, and then they came back to life and um they were trying to make sense of it as well so I think it's really important that all nurses and doctors are educated about these experiences so that they can then provide the best psychological care for patients who've had these experiences so that they can understand what happened to them
1: I must share with you both that I had a near-death experience um, in the late 80s where I I attempted to leave the planet and actually I had a, a voice coming in, this was the first experience of anything like this, saying wow. uh, there's hope and basically go back and I'm like really? You know, I, I, At the time I thought couldn't you have told me like an hour before? You know. <laughs> but uh, there we go. Um, can I ask you Penny, what's the difference between an out of body and a near death?
2: Well with the out of body experience that can happen just spontaneously and someone can sort of, it could start off where they look down and see their body or it could just feel like they're completely outside of their body and that they're traveling to a different part of the universe or part of the world Um, and then they're having this experience where everything else is kind of dissolved around them so that the everyday reality is not there all of a sudden they're experiencing something in a more intense way whereas with the near-death experience this occurs during circumstances of near-death and it can be more more than just the outer body experience so again they can look down on the emergency situation but again they can leave their body totally and feel that they're they're in this other realm where they meet with dead relatives or friends or sometimes a religious figure as well and they have this life review so um, they're very similar experiences it's just the context in which they are experienced.
1: So, Kelly, let me ask you, um, the book really kind of gives the message, for those who have touched death, and also you mentioned this, for those who have touched death and returned to tell the tale, the message they bring back is one of unconditional love, divine understanding, and universal connection. And for you, obviously, there was also a kind of sense of life purpose. Is that a kind of common theme?
0: Yeah, I mean... uh I mean, I, I I've not got um, I'm not ironically I'm mean, I've, I've got connected to the NDE community through the book that has been written, um, and yeah, in terms of um, transformation, I mean, it, it comes with its challenges as well a near death experience. Don't get me wrong, I, I didn't you know, and I know a lot of the people who featured in the book have had challenges because. And I'm sure you've had your own challenges, Steve, with your own experience, because when you've experienced what we, we did experience, it's sometimes very difficult to integrate that when you back into the earthly existence. And I look at my life now and I realize I was never ready for this book to go out until now. Yeah, because It took me, although my body was healed by divine love, I was healed physically, it's took another seven years, really, to integrate the, fully integrate the experience. Um, and heal myself in other areas, so spiritually and emotionally. That been yeah. and I realise now that I've been on that journey back to the love that I experienced in spirit. i mm. um, as you'll have read in the book, um, my own father transitioned um, two years ago. Ironically, i um, to suicide. Yeah. Um, and you know, I sometimes kick myself. I, I think you know, I, you know, I, I should have spoken to my dad in more detail. I think to some degree, my dad didn't fear death potentially because of my experience but at the same time now he knows because he's boy or oh boy they are communicating from the other side
1: Right?
0: that you know you can't there is no you know I, I term it the no death experience because there is no death you know yes in the physical sense but not in the you know life to me is a, is a continuum Um, Just to give you an example which has happened this weekend, Um, it's actually um, my dad's anniversary this weekend. Mm. Um, Yesterday was the the 2nd of September, was two years to the day that my dad um, vanished, um, and he was found on the 4th. And I ride um, Penny's for the weekend, and as you know, I've dedicated the book to my father. Mm. Uh, And, you know, it's the first time I've been with Penny during the process of writing this book together in her home and synchronistically what arrived in the Porsche yesterday, our copy of the book. Yeah. Um, and then my brother, um, who lives in the USA, he had a baby due, um, on the thirteenth of September and we'd done our filming and I got a text to say the baby'd been born early on the same day. Oh, so, lovely
1: yeah So okay mm-hmm. <clears throat> let me ask you about integrating this experience because you know the new death experience itself just takes a short p- piece of time doesn't it yeah. but you say it takes several years to integrate the experience what was that integration like
0: challenging at times I'm yeah. um, um, meeting Penny as I say, was such a blessing you know it's been a real blessing in my life but Penny will vouch for this has been many times Um for me on a personal level The the experience was so profound, and the message I was given was so profound that it never left me, Mm. and I've struggled since that day. I've never held down a full-time job since that day. I've had jobs and then had to leave, because I've always had this, I'm here, there's a purpose, there's a mission. Um, I've, as I said, for two years I suppressed it, I ignored it, but I've had multiple things happen, to the point of, it's like I can't get off the path, even though I've tried at times don't get me wrong now as I stand here today I'm eternally grateful for the experience and I know it's the work that I'm here to do but um there has been times when I've ran Penny in tears and said Penny I wish this experience had never happened you know I can't live a normal life whatever normal is um you know and she said you know she said said to me you know but Kelly you change now and it'll continue to change Um, But it's the experiences I've had since the experience, you know, for example, um, after dad transitioned, um, I um, went on an internet show to speak Mm. about my experience for the first time. Wasn't going to go and do the show um, because it was not long after dad had passed. But I thought, no, dad would want me to do it. So I went along and did it. Um, The gentleman um, introduced me that I'd flatlined and I hadn't. So I don't like it being dramatised. Yeah. So we decided, you know, lessons to be learnt. Don't share it. It was an internet show, but at least you've hadn't, you know, you've learned about the media. And anyway, he posted the video in the December, and I would I had in January 2016, January, February, March, what I would class as a dark night of the soul, yeah. where I was literally, my dad's death or transition, should I say, really hit me hard, and I was crying. And because I'm other circumstances and I was actually speaking to what I call God but it doesn't really matter what you call it God social universe whatever and um, and I was arguing with he she and saying why have you done this to me I'm not doing this work I just I'm not I want I just want a normal life I just want it over with and um, I got a phone call out the blue from this gentleman who I'd appeared on and he said Kelly I need to speak to you so I said okay so I rang him, and I said, what is it? He said, I've been meditating. He said, and you came through. And I said, okay. He went, God's got his hand on you. And I said, well, God's got, God, he, she has got his hand on everyone. He said, well, that's the message I've been given, you know, to, to give you. So I said, okay. He said, have you, have you watched the show? And I said, I have, but I've not shared it, because you said I'd flatlined, and I didn't. Mm. And you need to watch it. So this was about at the end of February, and it would only gone up in the December. So I went and had a look, and I nearly fell on the floor, because there was three of us on the show. There was a shamanic healer, and there was a spiritualist, and myself. The shamanic healer had had about 150 views you hmm. uh, sh- you know, you know, after a couple of months. Um, I think the spiritualist had about 300. And my video that I'd never shared once it had had 17,000 views. Oh, wow. So that was a bit of a knock on the head. But then the second thing that happened was there was something else that happened and then I thought, right, okay, the book that me and Penny had started the year before and then got put on hold because of my family situation, I felt strong enough. I thought, okay, I'll ring Penn and let's get back on with this book. And I rang her and she said, it's funny you should ring. She said, because I've just had a text, an email from Watkins chasing up what's happening. And that day, um, Steve, my puppy that I got at Christmas, um, which happened when we bought her, so we didn't know, but she was born on the anniversary of my near-death experience. So, a new to me, been sent from the heavens. Um, I turned my laptop on to start working on our proposal, and she ran across my laptop. And there was a I had Google on, and a website appeared and froze on my laptop. And the website was God's new message to the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, that's just one of many. So, what I'm trying to say is, although I've tried to get off the track things happen that it's like oh this is your path this is your purpose and you know as I speak today I, I don't feel that way now and I know you know this is just the start of you know I always knew that it's not about my story in isolation yeah it's, it's a collective story that's how I believe we change the world through more and more people coming together uh, to share what I class as the power of divine love um, yeah. and am going to be our next book series
1: brilliant now well, um Pelly, I just want to ask you that really it seems to me that a lot of people are frightened of death and These kind of stories and it seems to be the purpose of the book is really about easing our collective fear around dying Is that the point of writing it do you think?
2: Well, yes, that's one of the points because so many people are fearful of death They've never thought about it really, you know It's one of those things that we tend to put in the back of our minds and we don't think about but um, certainly, what I've realised through doing my research is when you start to contemplate death, that's when you really start to learn about life. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, d- doing this research has had that empowering impact on my life as well, and it's really influenced how I live my life as a result of, you know, all of the research that I've done. So I think if people start to engage with these experiences, it can give that very different perspective on both death. But most importantly, on life as well. I, I totally
0: agree, and I think you know, life. And I think we can all work towards doing life reviews in the physical, not having to wait till our transition for our life review. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, I know in, in religious context we talk about heaven and hell, but to me, you know, depend on how we've lived our lives. Because what I experienced, there was no judgment whatsoever, other than our own judgment, our own self-judgment. When we see in our life review any action we've done that's not come from a place of love. Um, and the impacts, you know, good and bad, it's had on other people in the wider world. So knowledge, um, it, it, um, that's one of my feelings that with that knowledge, it, it you know, it brings us back to living a more loving, compassionate life because we, we see the impacts in our life review of our thoughts, our words, our actions. And the impacts right.
2: and other people have said that you know, once they've had their life review, sometimes they can experience things that they've done in their life. From a third person perspective so people who they've interacted with previously it's almost as if they can they've swapped places with them and so they can feel like what it's like to be on the receiving end of their actions so if someone has physically punched someone for example they can feel what it's like to receive that punch and how that feels as well Mm. and also sometimes people can see The ripple effects of their kind actions on people as well things that we don't get to see you know simple things yeah yeah and they have that ripple effect and knock-on effect down the line as well so when people come back certainly if they've had a deep life review like that they are usually really profoundly changed as a result
1: now I'm gonna ask you some about some of the stories because uh, I had a look at some of the stories and one or two touched me quite strongly. There was a guy called Jeff Olsen who had this terrible accident, car accident, where his wife and young son were killed. And there was another guy, David Bennett, who was kind of thrown in the ocean. So the, I, I was reading these stories. They're quite powerful uh, stories. Um, let me ask, Kelly, what's, what's the one that really hit you in the book, the one that made the most impact for you?
0: Um, the one that made the most impact for me, but for different reasons, is uh, the, is Jessica Harper. Yeah. The transgender um, lady that served in the Iraq War, and the reason being is um, because of the difficulties she's facing at the at the present time. I mean, she's 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 featuring in the book, um, but under a, a a slightly altered name yeah. uh, because although she's had the experience and she knows you know when her when she had her experience she was a little girl in spirit and we've, we've discussed this that you know uh, you know our bodies are just uh, the, the, the it's a bit like a car they're just a vehicle to our soul Um, you know and the fact that she served in the Iraqi war um, and has done wonderful things for the for the for the for a country and yet even though she's experienced the profound love of the universe and, and what she experienced in spirit, um, that she's at the present time having to live in relative isolation and, and in fear to some degree. Right. So um, I hope and pray that through this, the magic of this book, um, that her life can be positively impacted, and in particular, people in the, you know, transgender community um, can be more, you know, be accepted in the community. So that's yeah. why my wishes
1: for the book so Penny what's the story that made the most impact for you
2: well I think all of them I think I, I loved all of them and it was great working on every one of them um, I think uh, one really that sticks in my mind is Gigi because I met Gigi again year, many years ago she contacted me via email and she was very she came back and forth back and forth yeah. you know and it took a long time for her to process her experience and it was a, a, probably about three or four years before she came back again and then we had a, a proper full skype conversation about what happened and i think as a result of her experience gigi has done some wonderful things as well and she set up nde uk support group. And again, she did that all off her, her, in her own time with no budget at all, and um, the, the purpose of this is to set up this support group so anyone else who's had the experience can have a, a safe place to come and discuss what's happened. There's like-minded people who can help them to process and integrate that experience. And Gigi's vision, I think, is to have lots of different satellite groups throughout the UK and have maybe annual meetings perhaps centrally in London somewhere so that people can come together and share their experiences and support each other as well. So I think that is such a wonderful thing to do because it is so much needed.
0: Yeah and I'm totally with you Pen because at times, and I'm sure you've experienced this Steve, um, you know it can be quite isolating and lonely not having other people to speak to who understand but what I'm really learning is that there is more and more people have particularly in america people have they've got support groups but i think there's far more people in the uk it's just that people at the moment are still sort of keeping it you know quiet they're not openly coming out with it and i hope that's another positive that comes from Mm, this book that we've got you know friends we can meet up with where we can share our experiences and discuss it
1: wonderful now i know you guys are coming to alternatives in london on the monday the 27th of november and i'm planning to be there so anybody listening to this podcast that's alternatives.org.uk if you want to um see penny and kelly and their book is coming out in november 2017 published by watkins and just to remind you all royalties of the book will raise funds for uh, helping ch- making a positive difference in children's lives so penny and kelly thank you for talking with me and all the best with your work thank, thank you thanks,
0: Steve. appreciate it thank you like
1: what you've heard, be part of our community by visiting watkinspublishing.com, following us on Twitter at Watkins Wisdom, or liking us on Facebook.